The demon writhes forever, swimming around me like impalpable air. As I breathe, he burns my lungs like fever, and fills me with an eternal guilty desire. Knowing my love of art, he snares my senses, peering in woman's most seductive forms. And under the sneak's plausible pretenses, lips grow accustomed to his lewd love charms. He leads me thus, far from the sight of God, panting and broken with fatigue into the wilderness of ennui, deserted and broad. And into my bewildered eyes he throws visions of festering wounds and filthy clothes and all destruction's bloody retinue. Charles Baudelaire, Destruction The Shimmer, Ville Perdue, a house, a living room, Thornson, armed with knife approaching Lena, a voice from afar. Thornson stands straighter, looking for something but not finding it. Second three, reverse, Lena, the lit entryway behind her. Her head is turned. She is looking too. Help me. The script says, it's a woman, coming from somewhere outside. And we've heard it before. It's the sound Shepard made as she was being killed in the forest. Hidden in the shadows, though in the foreground, Thornson moves and the tip of her knife is visible again close to Lena. Cut to Raddick, also turned to the sun. Again. Help me. The screams fade out. A beat of stunned silence in the room. Broken by Thornson. Thornson. Oh, Cass. Thornson breathes hard, drops her knife, takes a step back. Thornson continued to Lena. You said she was dead. In the script, the women are not gagged. Lena speaks. Lena, it can't be Shepard. Thornton, that was her. Lena, I saw her body. Another sudden burst of screaming. This time it sounds much closer and within it we can hear words. Shepard, off screen. Help me. Oh God, please, please help me. It cuts out again. Dr. Ventress. Karen's? Lena. She was dead. I saw her body. Thornton, you're telling me that's not Shepard. Lena, can't be real. Thornton, so it's a hallucination that we're all sharing? Bang. All jump. Something has knocked against the barricaded front door of the house. All heads turn to the sound of the noise. Radic, hyperventilating. What was that? Shepard, off screen. Please, please. Shepard's voice is right outside the door. Something scratches against the wood. Thornton called, Shepard! Shepard, off screen. Please, Thornton! Is that you? Oh God, I'm hurt! I'm hurt! Thornton, fuck. Thornton starts for the door. Dr. Ventress, Thornton, no! Lena struggles against her bindings. Lena, Radic, untie me. Reminder in the scripted scene, Raddick has not been bound. Shepard, off screen. I'm bleeding. Thornton, it's her. I've got to let her in. Raddick is frozen, staring at the door. As Thornton starts pushing back the dresser that barricades it. I would interrupt the scripted scene again to say they did not barricade the door in the film. 
and they might have been better off camping upstairs since they know there are animals around. Thorns continued. Shepard, hold on. Shepard, off screen. Hurry. Dr. Ventures, no. Lena yells, Raddick, untie me now. Raddick finally reacts, moves to Lena, pulling her knife. But too late. Thornton has pulled the dresser back and pulled the door open. Lit now in the light from the room is the huge shape of the plant enmeshed black bear. Eyes reflecting light from the room as bright yellow discs. Long thorns crusting over its head and shoulders. Oddly elongated claws, like the long hooks of a sloth. Thorns, Shepherd? The bear lifts a paw and makes a simple motion, an upward swipe across Thornson's midriff. Thornson bends forward, and something wet and heavy splashes out of her stomach onto the floor. Then she drops to her knees, then pitches forward at the feet of the bear. The bear turns to look at Raddick and opens its jaws as if to howl. But instead, it emits Shepard's high, desperate scream. Over the scream, Lena, get me out! Raddick's knife slices through the rope tying Lena's hands. Just as the bear creature forces its way into the room, charging Raddick, Lena, and Dr. Ventress. The women are knocked violently aside. Lena's chair breaks as she lands, allowing Lena to kick out of the ropes that tie her ankles. She crawls across the floor as the bear turns to Raddick and spears Raddick through the chest with a hooked claw, lifting Raddick into the air, her feet leaving the ground. Raddick is impaled but alive, hyperventilating, legs bicycling in the air, hands trying to pull herself off the claw. Lena scrambles across the floor, reaching for Thornton's weapon, which lies beside her body, grabbing it, turning, as the bear turns, still holding Raddick suspended, and Lena opens fire with the automatic rifle, emptying the entire clip into the bear's freakishly deformed head. For a moment, it remains upright, then it topples like a felled tree, cut to Thornton. On the floor, expelling a final gurgling breath as she dies. In the film, the women are gagged as well as tied to chairs. Second to eleven, we cut to the shot from Thornton's left. Her hand raised, no knife, but still Lena's locket dangling. Lena tries to respond to Thornton to no avail. Thornton turns toward camera and rushes into a large blur, retrieving her rifle from the floor. Maybe leaning against that same chair in the corner where she sat in minute 68 watching something move inside her hand. Shepard's voice. Thornson. Yes. Thornson turns and rushes between Raddick and Lena to leave to the left. Thornson continued. Cass, I'm coming. The other three women struggle with their bindings and we cut second 16 to angle from in front of them. Thornson behind, turning right toward the front door of the house. Thornson continued. Cass, is that you? Angle and Lena, second 22, as she manages to lean forward enough to pull off her gag with her right hand. She sits back up as something growls. <laughs> Lena freezes. It gets very quiet. Angle on Raddick, second 22, raising her head slowly. Angle on Ventress, second 26, head turned toward the entryway. Camera checks left to include Lena, and on the wall by the stairs framed between Lena and Ventress, you see the shadow of the approaching beast. Second 33, angle on wall, the edge of the opening between entryway and living room. Slowly, the snout of the beast comes into view. 
inexplicable lens flare. The beast appears to have no skin at first, a tuft of fur beneath its lower jaw and fresh blood on its teeth, and the simple fact that it is entering the room, the only signs that it is alive. As we see more of its head, there is more flesh, more fur, and just when we might be adjusting to what we are seeing, we get one of Garland's signature cuts, roughly the same angle but from farther back. Far enough back that Raddick's chair is center frame, Raddick leaning forward to the right. Lena is barely at the right edge of frame. The approaching beast occupies the left half of frame. Out of focus now, but we might notice raw flesh without fur on its neck. As the creature approaches slowly, Raddick sits up and turns her head to her right. With this framing, the turn makes sense, but from what we've seen of the seat's arrangement, she should be turning to her left. Second 43, angle along the line of women, Raddick, Lena, Ventress, each with her head turned. Lena now turns to face forward, eyes mostly closed. Second 46, the previous angle, the approaching beast and Raddick, also facing forward. The beast turns toward the living room, takes a step, then hesitates. It raises its snout a little, sniffing, though it has no nose. It lowers its head, mouth open a little, and starts moving again. Second 54, angle on living room from the kitchen. The malformed bear entering from left. The row of women just right of center. The cabinets on the right. With slow, deliberate steps, the bear moves forward. Second 57, angle along the row of women as the bear takes its place in the line between Raddick and Lena. And time runs out for this minute. We spoke. What was it we said? Wordlessly watching, he waits by the window and wonders at the empty place inside. Thank you.